Happy Sabbath, Tabernacle of Praise. Happy Sabbath. It's truly, I'm so glad to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. Because this is truly the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Let us stand as we usher in the Holy Spirit this morning as we sing Sabbath Rest. Sabbath, amen. Happy Come Sabbath. on, happy Sabbath, amen. Happy Sabbath, amen. 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 And amen. God is good and all the time. And he is truly worthy to be praised. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Come on now. Are you glad to be in the land of the living just one more time? Amen. God is amazing. He is truly worthy to be praised. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing king. God is so, is so good. He is so amazing. I'm so glad to be back in the house again. Amen. It's been a long time. I don't know if you've been counting, but I've been counting. Three whole weeks. Three whole weeks. Amen. But God is good. I'm back here, and praise God that I'm back in the house. My wife is here. Praise God. I'm a, amen. Come on now. Amen. If I don't celebrate her, then somebody else just might try. <laughs> but God is so good, and I thank God for life, health, and strength, and all that he do. 
to keep us in the midst of this crazy and mixed up world. This world is something else. Amen. There's a lot going on in our land. But, you know, if I could just take you back, if you don't mind. Uh, just, you know, we were at a, a marriage retreat a few weeks back and um, had an amazing time there. It wasn't my plan on being there, but um, my wife and um, I, I would say partner in crime or um, someone else, amen, um, they, they conspired, they schemed, they did a little, amen, and um, she overheard a conversation with me and my elders. We were going through the schedule, and after I got off the, the call with the elders, she pulled me to the side. She said, honey, did I hear you correctly that, that you had something planned on? I said, yeah. She said, well, I, the calendar, you know, because we sync our calendars so that, you know, what she has going on and what I have going on, we don't over, overlap or conflict and so forth. Well, she didn't put this particular thing on the calendar. Amen. And she said she had planned something. She didn't say what it was. And so me being the wonderful husband that I am, the wonderful gentleman that I am, I rearranged my schedule to accommodate my wife. Amen. Trying to store up a little brownie points, um, Elder Tory. Just want to make sure that in the event um, I slip, amen, there are some points that I have stored up that I can... And so I rearranged my, I wasn't in any trouble, nothing like that, but I rearranged the calendar. And uh, come to find out, I called my elder, uh, Elder Harris, and let him know that uh, we have to change the schedule because something, my wife had planned something, and I didn't, wasn't. He said, well, Pastor, well, I, I was just told by my wife that she has something planned for me on that day. I said, oh, man. And, you know, we men, you know, we smart. You know, we think things through. To be honest with you, it didn't click yet. Come on, somebody. But lo and behold, we realized that the, light, that, that the wives wanted to go to this retreat. And so we were able to go there and spend time with our wives and had a wonderful time. I think the, um, um, the, the carols were there, praise God. Um, the reeds were there. Who else? Who else am I missing? Am I missing anyone else? Um, but we had an amazing time. Unfortunately, we did get that phone call um, that um, Elder Harris, our sister Harris' mom, had her brother had fallen ill, and then her mom, and and so we know that God is still moving, and the, God is still moving. The enemy, you know, when you're trying to do something for God. I mean, this is just a word in these last and evil days. When you're doing something for God, the enemy is going to do everything he can to disrupt that. Three weeks I haven't been here. The first night I get back at the church, amen, we have a situation going on. But that just lets me know that God is still on the throne, that he is still moving and still working. And so we were able to make our way through that um, time, and we prayed for Sister Harris, and we thank God that you're here, and we're still praying for you. For the loss of your mom, we're here for you. We love you. And um, to be standing. Amen. She's standing. She's standing. So we thank God for you. And, and then the following week, um, 
Um, we were in Indianapolis celebrating my mom, which was very difficult, but yet at the same time, it was very humbling and encouraging. I say difficult because, you know, you want to be there in support, you know, especially someone that has held you up all your, you know, the whole time we've been here in St. Louis, um, just held us up, loved on us, cared for us, and you want to be there. But, you know, we were in Indianapolis celebrating my mom's 80th birthday, so we thank God that we were able to spend that time with her and love on her and just share that time with her while we were yet praying for um, the Harris family. Um, and now we're here. Amen. Um, now we're here. I know y'all said, well, you left out a week, Pastor. Well, the week, the first week, amen, we were at Lighthouse um, where um, God was definitely in the building. Um, and so we praise God that um, he is still showing himself strong and holding us up um, in, the, in, the, in the midst of all of this. But we're here to celebrate God. We're here to celebrate life. We're here to celebrate um, the gift, the gift of life. Amen. Um, I'm looking around. I just want to recognize if we have anyone visiting with us for the very first time. Anyone visiting with us for the very first time. I want to recognize you today. Um, we are in a new month. Man, we left one month, and now we come back in a whole new month. Amen. Uh, May. Right? Huh? Yeah, but not the first time. Okay. So we do have a visitor, but it's not the first time. And, you know, we say we call second time and third time family. Huh? Amen. Amen. I see you shaking your head, waving. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, we pr huh. say, who is she, huh? You're going to just call her on out. You know what? I'm calling you out. Amen. Sister Brenda, who are you sitting next to? Sister Tanya, well, praise God for you, Sister Tanya. And I'm going to be honest with you, Sister Brenda, she, you, you guys are sitting there like y'all go way back. Amen. Praise God. Well, Sister Tanya, God is good, and we praise God for you for being here with us. Um, May birthday, I know we celebrated my mom's birthday on the 6th. Any other birthdays in the month of May? Sister Lewis. Say what? May 6th, May 6th. Amen. Christiana, amen. Happy birthday. What day is it? The 6th? The 6th. The amen. Uh, don't say the 6th, man. I see you waving your hand back there. When, when is it? May the 1st. Your mother's was May the 1st, 90. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Mine. mine. He said mine over here. Over here, Pastor. <laughs> when, when is it? The 29th. Amen. 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 Somebody say how old? 67. 67. But we want to sing... Well, Elder, I know it's your, it's your birthday, and, and you normally play for us, but I'm not going to do the honors today. No, sir. <laughs> but if I could, I would. Uh, but we want to sing happy birthday to all of our May birthdays. Amen? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. 
Olivia's May, May 27th and May 23rd. How'd I overlook Olivia? Amen. Amen. And my mother-in-law. We are recording this. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to sing happy birthday. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Happy birthday to you. Amen, amen, amen. Any, any anniversaries, any anniversaries, any anniversaries in the month of May? Okay, okay. When is it? May 29th. May 29th. And how many months? After, after, after how many years? 40. 40. Amen. 40 years. 480 months. Help him out. Help us out. Keep us, keep us on our toes. Well, we don't have an anniversary song. I mean, there are some out there, but we're not going to sing those. Amen. But we do celebrate with you on your anniversary as well. And we know that this is a very special time. Um, I don't know if you're ready for that now, for the... Okay. Um, real, real quick, um, um, on June 17th, June 17th, um, we're having our town hall meeting. You see that on the screen. I know it's a little small there. Um, but it was scheduled for um, April the 22nd, I believe, but we had to um, change the date because um, Sister Ivona, um, mom, had passed, and so we moved it until June the 17th. So we encourage every member every member to be a part of this town hall meeting. This is when our conference is coming to just share what's going on in the conference. Amen. And a lot of times you, you know, ask questions of, um, to me. I know I get questions asked, Pastor, what's going on? What's happening with this? What's happening with that? Um, I encourage you to come to this town hall meeting um, June 17th. It will be at Berean at 7 o'clock. Um, and this is where you can hear it for yourself. Um, and as a member, um, I believe that, you know, this is a, this is a time for you to, to show your interest in your conference. And just let the conference know that, that, you, do con that you are concerned about what goes on in the conference. Um, because if you're not there, then they think that, oh, well, then, you know, we work with what we have. Um, but I encourage you to be there, um, to share your thoughts, your comments, your questions, whatever it is, um, please share it at that time. So mark your calendars for June 17th at 7 p.m. at Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church. We'll be there for our SLAM Town Hall meeting. Amen. Also, we do want to recognize all of our mothers. Amen. All of our mothers. This is a special Mother's Day. Mother's Day is when? Tomorrow? Every day is Mother's Day, right? Every day is Mother's Day. I know as, you know, fathers, we try to, you know, we say every day is Father's Day, but now nah, we can't, we don't want to, we don't want to compete with the moms. Moms, tasks, their jobs are never done. Um, I'm going I'm to get in trouble with this one right here because um, men, you know, we, our job is done. You know how I know, and you know why I say that? Because we have this thing called a lazy boy. <laughs> Anybody know what a lazy boy is? That's where you sit down, recline, kick. They made that for men, right? Which suggests that your job for the day 
It's done. Am I wrong? No? Am I wrong? Why? Why am I wrong? I know you got stuff to do, but the lazy boy suggests that the job is done. However you want to look at it. However you want to cut the cake. At the end of the day, the cake has been cut. The lazy, but there is nothing for women. There's no lazy girl. A lazy woman. Nothing like that. So your job, mothers, ladies, is never done. And we want to applaud you today. Can we just love on our moms today? Can we put our hands together and just celebrate all of our moms? Now, now, Sister Teresa, I know we have some gifts that we want to give. I don't know how do you, amen. We want to encourage all of our deacons. Just go ahead and pass out those gifts. Um, bro Mike, well, we'll start up. Let's make sure. Let, yeah, you could come. You got them? Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's celebrate all of our mothers. All of our women. Amen. Amen. God is so good. And deacons, if you have some children that their parents are not here and they want to take one to their mom, please. Amen. And we love you from Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. I'm almost done. Almost done. Gentlemen, can we put our hands together one more time for our mothers, our women? Amen. Amen. I want to pray a special prayer over our mothers today. God is good. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful, privileged, and honored to be able to come before you, to be able to recognize our mothers, our women, our ladies. Father, when I look back through the word of God, I see many a times where the women took the lead. It's unfortunately, Father, that we're living in a time now where we don't have time to even recognize our mothers, our ladies. But we're so thankful that you are a God that looks beyond our faults and see our needs, and you have never dropped the ball. So we want to thank you for our ladies, our mothers, 
those um, even if we have lost loved ones it's a very difficult time of the year but father we know that in you there is always comfort there is always peace and always we can find joy so our actual covering over our mothers here at this church and beyond that you will continue to hold them up show your love strong do a new thing and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise honor and glory in jesus name we pray amen and amen god bless you Oh, change is coming. 
move of God is on the way. And I declare to you this morning that it's here right now. As we approach God's throne, as we gather our thoughts, as we gather our hearts, as we look to God, as we look to him, the author and finisher of our faith, the one that we call on in the time of need, and even when we don't need, when we have everything that we want, all of our wants have been met, and we can still call on him. We can still connect with him. He says, I am always with you. He says, there's, a never, there's never a time when I'm not with you. He says, I see it all unfolding. And you may ask the question, well, God, if you see it unfolding, if you see the tragedy, if you see the devastation that is about to unfold, why not step in? Why, why, why not do something about it? Well, if God did that, then we would never know that he is a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. If, if God showed up every time, then we would never know that he's a heart fixer and a mind regulator. If God showed up every time before the tragedy showed up, you, then, then you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that he is a provider. You, you wouldn't know that he's a way maker. You, you wouldn't know that because, because he intervened before it could ever happen. So God says, I have to allow these things to happen. But know this, that if I allow it to happen, if I allow it to show up, oh, you can bet to believe I'm God enough to handle it, to see you through it, to bring you through it. I'm God enough. So don't ever lose heart in God. Don't ever lose hope in God. Don't ever give up on him. Because he'll never give up on you. It gets heavy sometimes. It gets, it gets weighty sometimes. That's why God said, I'm going to give you this thing called prayer. Which will give you direct access to me. Now here it is, family of God. I need you to hear me, hear me very clear. That you don't always have to wait till Sabbath morning during the prayer hour to call on him. Oh, yes. You can call on him in your bedroom. Oh, I'm trying. You can call on him while you're driving down the street. You can call him on your job. You can call him in the grocery store. You can call him as you walk. It don't matter where you are. You can call him. And here it is, family of God. His line is never busy. Oh, you don't have to worry about a, dial, a, 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 a busy signal. Oh, 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 no, you don't have to worry about a voicemail. Because God said before you even pick up the phone, before you even hit your knees, before you even formulate it on your lips, I've already dealt with it. Why are you trying to figure it out? I've already worked it out. So we just come at this time of the service just to say, Lord, thank you. So we come to prayer. Although we make our petitions known and we lay it before him, we're really saying, Lord, thank you because you've already dealt with it. You've already dealt with my children. You've already dealt with mama. You've already dealt with that. So we just want to say thank you. I don't know who you are, but we always welcome you to come close to the altar. 
Oh yes, come close to the altar and make your petitions known before God. This is a very special Mother's Day and so we want to we wanna highlight our mothers today. I know I prayed a special prayer a moment ago, but we want to highlight our mothers in a very special, we want God's anointing to fall over our women. Let's be real, fellas. They hold us up. They help us to become better. When you get the right one, they help you to become better. So we want to pray. I'm going to invite my wife to meet me down here. I'm going to come to this side with you. Thank you. Husbands, if your wives are here, if you can just stand close to them and grab their hand, hold them close. Children, if your mother's here, I want you to grab them close. Hold them close. It's prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father and God, our Savior, our King, ruler, master of everything. Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you so much, Father, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Father, words cannot even begin to describe or even explain just how great you are how you protect us from dangers seen and unseen. How before we even formulate the words on our lips, you've already dealt with it. But Lord, you say you want us to come to you. You want us to talk to you. You want us to spend time with you. Not that you're lonely and that you need us, but because you're loving and that's who you are. So, Father, as you love on us, we want to love on you back. Lord, we want to love on you by laying our petitions at your feet. This is what you want us to do. This is how we show that we trust you by saying, Lord, I have a problem. I have some issues that I can't fix, and, and you're the only one that can. You want us to trust you like that. You want us to lean on you like that. You want us to be able to turn to you like that. Not turn to the neighbor or turn to the uh, HBO or turn to other things, our finances. Our, no, turn to Jesus. You said, I want you to turn to me. This is how we show our love to you because we can't outlove you. We can't outgive you. We can't outlive you. But what we can do, oh God, You've given us this one task, and that is to give our hearts over to you. That's all. Just give it over to you. So, Father, today, as we stand here, this is exactly what we're saying. Take our hearts. Take our minds. Take our life and do as you see fit. Because we believe that we serve a God that's going to do nothing but good. Because that's who you are. So now, Father, as we lay our petitions before you, we ask you, as always, forgive us. Help us to reflect you. 
Help us to live our lives according to your plan and your purpose. And while we await your soon return, Father, there are some areas down here that we're asking you to just fix it up for us. Starting with our children. Lord, our babies need you today, oh God. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would draw nigh to them, that they may draw nigh to you. Take them back to the days of yea and nay, when they can plainly see the way, when their yes was yes and their no's were no. Oh, Father, we need you to take our babies today, our children, our young adults, adolescents, Lord, and pave the way for them. Lord, our babies need you today. In the school system, they need you. In the neighborhood, they need you. Father, we ask that you will cover our, our mothers today. Father, who, who birthed us into this world, we ask that you will touch them right now. That you will do a great work in their lives, oh God. Touch our mothers. Touch our women. Hold them close, oh God. Lord, we have mothers here that have lost mothers. And I'm not talking about 10 and 12 years ago. I'm talking about as recent as a few weeks. So, Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus. We're asking, God, that you would touch our mothers today. Be with Sister Teresa. Be with all of those that have lost moms and still processing Lord, that you will let them see you. Be that mother for them. Be that present help in a time of storm. Oh, Father, we ask that you would be with the children that have lost mothers. That you will cover them as well. Teach them thy way, oh God. Be with the spouses of those mothers. Oh, God, we need you. We need you in a very real way. Father, we ask also that you would touch our service today are sick and shut in. Those that had a desire to be here but was unable to be here, our online family and friends. We pray for those in the physical space today as well that you will cover and keep those that are surrounded this altar that you will hold them like never before. And as always, God, let us not leave here the same way we came. But let us leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. And as always, we'll be ever so mindful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Morning, church. Good morning. It is time for our stewardship nugget, and I would like to go over some housekeeping things with you. Our backpack Sabbath is coming up very soon. It's going to be in July, and this month of May, we're going to be collecting erasers. So your regular handheld erasers are going to be collecting this all month. We are still needing more school supplies so we still need notebooks we still need paper we still need more pencils so please everyone please keep bringing the material for our children 
and today I just have a short story time for you. <laughs> um, this week, me and my friends, you know, we've been driv driving around by my parents, but both my parents have child locks on their doors, right? So we always have a hassle trying to get out the car. I have to either get out and open the door for them or my parents have to get out and open the door for them. So today, me and my dad came to church <laughs> and he got out the car. He's looking at me like, why don't you get out the car? I'm sitting in the back seat so I couldn't get out. So finally he comes around and he opens the door for me. And we're both fed up with this. So he's like, I'm gonna take out the child lock today. It's coming off today. So we, he opens the door and he tries to get the child lock off. And he couldn't do it. And then we were like, okay, so we're done. We're not even gonna try. We can't figure it out. So he tried to close the door. But he couldn't close the door. The door had locked before he had closed it. So we're fishing around with the door, trying to figure out how to close it. And Brother Michael and Brother Carlos come over and they try to help us. And eventually, we're fishing with the door, we finally are able to close it. And it got me thinking, our mothers, they're our God-given protectors. And although the child lock, it was annoying and I hated it, I realized that it's needed. We need that extra protection for our children when they're driving. We don't want them opening the door. So just appreciate your mothers. Tell them that you love them because we need them. And I want to give thanks for thanks to my mother, Miss Sister Wellington. Love you, Mom. <laughs> so, and now I'm going to pray over our offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us all be able to come here today, God. Please, thank you for our mothers. They've done so much for us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And these are some ways you can give on our cash app, top dollar sign giving.
How you made a way out of no way, and I have to thank you. Give you 
been dead and gone, yeah. sleeping in a cold, cold grave. But you bless me. Sometimes right, sometimes wrong. But I give you glory. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I have to give you glory because you died on Calvary. You ought to help me give him glory. You sit there and you know he's been good to you. You know that he made a way out of no way. You ought to give him glory. I know you're dressed up and you're looking good, but he deserves the glory. We came to give you glory. Why don't you lift your hands and give him glory? Why don't you lift your hands and give God glory? You can stand to your feet and give God glory. Give you glory. Help me give him glory. Give you glory. Give you glory. You are God. Give you glory. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Give him, give him praise, give him honor, give him glory. All that we go through, all that we experience, we give him praise. We give him honor, we give him glory. I mean, what else? What you gonna do with it? What you gonna do with it? Because he's good like that, amen? See, if you've never been through anything, you don't know. If you never experienced hardship, you wouldn't know. If you've never been through the crucible, you wouldn't know. So you look around and you see the excitement and wondering what is going on. 
but that's that's the that's the witness of one that has been through something that's the testimony of one that has experienced something but God is and he is still on the throne it's good to know that it's good to know that God is still on the throne that God still cares for us Amen. Thank you so much, praise team, choir, musicians, for ushering us into the presence of a truly worthy God. Truly worthy. Just bow your heads with me. Father, again, we are so thankful, so privileged and honored to be able to come before you, to be able to just share a thought. But Lord, we look back over our lives and even just this week and the weeks past and you're so good. And we thank you and we bless you. As we spend time in this message and our worship, communion, and do what you do. We give you permission to take us to that next level. For that day when you crack the sky, we can be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. In your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, just turn with me. just want to share a thought with you coming from the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. Very timely message here. James chapter 1, and we want to start with verse 12. And when you have it, please stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God. James chapter 1, we want to start with verse 12 and read all the way down to verse 18. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. But do not be, a, be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 18, all together. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be kind of first fruit of his creation, the gift that keeps on giving. 
the gift that keeps on giving. Father, again, we're so thankful and so privileged to be able to come before you. We ask now that you will speak to us. Let us now enter into your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing God. You know, as I looked at Mother's Day and communion and Christ and life, the ups, the downs, the smiles, the frowns, the good days, the bad days, the days when they say it's supposed to be sunny but yet it rained, the day when it's supposed to rain but yet it's sunny, the different offsets of the seasons. When I look at all of the trauma in the world, I look at all of the devastation that has taken place and that is still taking place. When I look at the uh, financial crisis that our world is in, the uncertainty of retirement, working all these many years, putting into the 401, get to the end of the road and they tell you that there is nothing left. When I look at all of the destruction, all of the wars and all of the problems and all of the stuff, I can't help but to fall back on Jesus. I can't help but to fall back on the one that continues to remain the same. Now, I have to stop right there and just share with you because many of you know that I hadn't always known Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Just want to be real and upfront with you this morning and just let you know, just in case you don't know, I wasn't born on the pew. I need to be real with you this morning and just share with you that I have not always followed in the footsteps of my Savior. But there were days when I veered to my left, and some say to the right, but I say further left. There were moments when I just did my own thing when I wanted to and how I wanted to. But then there was a moment when I realized that all the stuff that I'm doing or that I've done and all the stuff that is going on, I yet to have found Jesus not present. I have yet to look back and find Jesus somewhere other than where he said he would be. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsaken you. And I've come to realize that even in my blunders, even in my troubled state, even in my confusion, even in my, in, in, in my lowest moments, even when I felt as if the world has dealt me a bad hand, Jesus said, I'm right there with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsaken you. I will always look out for you. And I know it's hard, family of God, when we go through the crucible of life. I get it. I understand. I know it's very trying and it's very challenging when we go through the troubles of life. That, 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 that God, you said you will always be there, but yet I'm not feeling you right now. I know you said that you will always take care of me, but I don't feel taken care of right now 
Actually, Jesus, if I can be transparent because I've heard the preacher say that you know my thoughts, you know what's on my mind. So let me just keep it real with you as you keep it real with me. I'm not feeling you right now. Let's put a pause right there. Because I need somebody to understand and know that you're not by yourself. That you're not alone. That sometimes it feels like the island of Patmos only shows up at your address. Sometimes it seems like the troubles only show up when you come around. But I have to be real and be honest with you that whenever the enemies know that God is about to do something miraculous, oh, he's going to work even harder. For the word of God even lets us know that he even know that he has a short time. So why then would I allow his issue to become my issue? Why then would I allow his mistake to become my mistake? Why would I then personalize the trauma as if I'm the reason, as if I'm the cause, as if the reason why we're in this mess is because of something I said or I've done? Could it be that you're just like Job? Someone that God chose to be a witness for him? Could it be that your life is that life that God said that's the one? That if I touch, if you, if you go after that one right there, that everybody will know that I am who I said I am. Because that one right there will never turn their back on me. That one right there will always stand when the rubber meets the road. That one right there is the one that's going to continue to pray. When even when praying becomes unbearable, that one right there. Because I've done something special with that one. I've birthed something in that one right there that goes far beyond the tragedy that they see right now. I've done something with that one right there that goes far beyond the naysayers. Because see, that one right there came about by way of tragedy. That one right there came about by way of some difficulties. You see, when you've gone through some difficult days, another difficult day is nothing more than just another difficult day. But see, if you've never gone through anything, then again, as I said before, how then will you be able to testify that God is a very present help in the time of storms if you've never been through a storm? How then can you say that he's bread for the hungry? If you've never been hungry, how then can you declare that God will do what he said he will do if you've never been in a position for him to do it? That's why, family of God, this gift that keeps on giving. I want to take us back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. You know the story. The story when Adam and Eve had sinned. They were kicked out of the garden. They were placed out of the garden. And notice that it is at this point that Adam now declares the woman as Eve. Prior to that, she was merely woman, taken from the rib of a man. You see, most people know of the first woman as Eve, but however, in the book of Genesis, it is not until this moment that the woman created from Adam's rib actually receives a name. 
Stay with me. Why Scripture chooses this particular moment to mention her name is not entirely clear. But it's possible that this is the most important part of the story. It could be that at this moment right here, when Adam down calls Eve, Eve, we're now transitioning from the gloom of the curse. The gloom of Jesus now, of, of God pronouncing uh, of the curse on Adam, Eve, and then the serpent. At this point, we're transitioning from the gloom to now something more positive. This no-name woman now receives a name. And not only that, but now we understand that this woman right here going through century woman now becomes the conduit which the Savior will now travel through. Just pause for a minute because if there was not an Eve, if there never was a woman, then how would our Savior make it on the scene? There never was a female. If God had not looked and did this miraculous thing with Adam, as he told Adam, I need you to name every last one of these animals. Yeah. Understanding that as Adam named these animals and, and, and looked out and saw the giraffe and saw the elephant, and then he realized that out of all these animals had a companion, but Adam had none. Stay with me, please. Stay with me. I'm, I know I'm taking you back to bring you forward. But Adam realized that there was no suitable mate for him. And so God, again, now causes Adam to fall asleep. Now, being right there, notice how God waited for Adam to recognize the need before he provided for him what he needed. See, too many times we go through life and we just shun over or we gloss over the fact that we need Jesus or that we need healing or that we need encouragement. We gloss over the fact that we need deliverance. And it's not until we recognize our need that God can come in and do something miraculous for us. Adam needed Eve. God provided him with Eve. You know, Eve name literally, literally means living. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Living. Eve literally means living. And the Hebrew is... It's the Hebrew. And if you just listen to the sound with a more intense ear, you can almost hear the name Yah. Way, which simply means to breathe in and breathe out. That's what Yahweh means, to breathe in and breathe out. If you notice, Eve's name literally means living. And in order for me to know that you are alive and well, one of the things that we do, we check to see if you're breathing. If you're breathing, and if you're not breathing, then it's a problem. The woman that God birthed through Adam's rib, names mean living. Women give life, birth 
life. Life comes from woman. The Bible says here in James, every perfect, every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything about God's grace is simply the gift that keeps on giving. God's grace, the grace of God can be described in, this, in, in, in just two words. Free gift. Free gift. God gave us a free gift. A free gift that God has given every last one of us. And so to understand the grace of God, you have to understand that life is all a gift. That's what life is. It was a gift going all the way back to when God saw Adam in the garden naming all of these. He said, this brother needs a gift. Husbands, she's a gift. Children, she's a gift. (laughs) A gift from God, from above. Health is a gift. The promotion on your job is a gift. The loved one finding his way home back again is a gift. Life is merely a gift. I'm so glad that it says every good gift and every perfect gift. Sickness isn't included in that. That's not a gift. It's not a gift from God. A car accident isn't a gift. Although walking away from that accident is a gift. Losing your job isn't a gift unless very soon after you get another one. What's really great is that the father doesn't change family. God doesn't change. He's always good and his gifts are always perfect. Mothers, you're perfect. I know I said, I know it, I know it, I know it. God would not have allowed you to be in the position you're in right now if you weren't ready. I need you to, God make no mistakes. There are no accidents with God. There was no slip of the tongue with God. There is no oops with God. There are no my bad or my fault or any of those things with God. God is methodical. God is intentional. God knows exactly what he's doing when he does it and he knows how long he wanted to go. And so 
God understands. Jesus himself is full of grace and truth. Jesus then is that gift. Our relationship with him is a gift. His friendship with us is a gift. He is the ultimate gift that keeps on giving. That's great. And I appreciate what God has done. But if I could go a little further, because 1 John 4 9 simply reminds us that that God revealed his love through Jesus, who John describes with some very specific details. Number one, God's love is not hidden. It, it, was, it was revealed. In other words, Jesus' life and his sacrifice are the ultimate proof that God truly loved you and I. Talking about this gift that keeps on giving. That he first started with woman. God sent Jesus, number two. This, 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 this use of, of, of words is it, 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 similar to on John 3.16. In other words, Jesus didn't merely appear to us for a visit. He was sent with a purpose and for a reason. You see, Jesus being on the scene is not an accident. It's not something that just, had, that just happened to happen. But Jesus came with a plan. Jesus came with a purpose. The third thing is we understand is that Jesus is the only son of God. The only one. The only begotten son. Jesus came to our world, number four, it implies more than the fact that he was born of a man, but he was also included the idea that he existed before he came into this earth. So not only is Jesus fully God, but he's also fully man. John also shared the reason Jesus was sent so that we may have, that we may live through him. Jesus came to give us life. This includes eternal life, not just life on this, on this side, but life everlasting. That's his purpose. That's his plan. He came to give us life. Started back when life was given to us in the garden, the first life, living life, life with the, that, 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 was, that was never a plan for us to be separated from God. That wasn't the plan when God breathed life, uh, uh, took dirt and made Adam and breathed life into him. That wasn't the plan when God took the rib from Adam and formed a woman and gave her life. That was not the plan for us to be separated. Life that we should know it to be is not what life is today. The moment you were born, the moment you began to die. The first breath is the breath towards your last breath. But that was not God's intent. That was not God's plan in the beginning. The plan was for us to forever be with him. So what he's doing now as the gift giver, he's bringing us back to the original. 
to that life that we once had before sin, we can have that life again. But we will be able to roam freely without the stresses of the world. Where now we can live a life without any cares of the world. Where none of that stuff will matter. No more canes. No more wheelchairs. No more backaches. No more headaches. No more disappointments. No more sadness. Because God has now taken us back to the original. God says, I'm going to give you this gift, this gift that keeps on giving, Jesus, the son of the living God. He said, I'm going to give him to you, but I'm going to need mothers. I'm going to need the woman. And as I said earlier, you look through the Bible, there are many cases where the women showed up before the men. And if the truth be told, I believe the reason why Jesus did what he did back then because of culture. If Jesus had a showed up as a woman, he would have been rejected before he got two feet. You think he was rejected now? He lived three. He he lived thirty-three and a half years. His ministry lasted three three and a half years. How many years you think it would have lasted had he been a woman? Just looking at how women are appreciated today. Some places no voice. Some places they are property. Jesus showed up the way that he did because Jesus understood the times that he was showing up in. So this gift he gives us, first of all, he gives us the gift of love. Love does not exist outside of God. He is the only source of love because God is love. Not only that, but he gives us the gift of purity. Titus 3 tells us, the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared for the washing away of our sins. God aims to purify us, to cleanse us, to get us ready for the, to be able to stand in his presence. That's what he's doing. So he's allowing some things to shut down. He's allowing some things to close up because God is saying, I need you to be pure in my presence. And there are some things that you're still holding on to that won't allow you to stand in my presence. So he's given us this gift of purity the gift of salvation. Matthew tells the story of an angel coming to Joseph stating, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. I'm giving this to you. It's a gift. You don't earn it. You didn't ask for it. I'm giving it to you simply because of who I am. It's a gift. Free gift. 
The gift of salvation. The gift of living in love. You see, God's gift enables us to live or to love one another. We shouldn't have to struggle as believers to get along. Oh, no, come on, let's be honest. We don't have to, as believers in God and this thing called, and and, and Jesus Christ, this thing called Christianity, oh, no, we ought not struggle in getting along. It should be a normal occurrence because we receive that gift. I have that gift where I can get along with you. It's a gift for me to love you. It's a gift for me to be able to appreciate you. So when you say, I don't like this person, or I have a problem with that person, you need to go back and check your gift status. Because somewhere along the way, you're missing a gift. The gift of living in love, the gift of life. God's gift brings new life, causing old things to pass away. It tells us of the glorious riches of his mystery, which is simply Christ living in us, that the world can't understand. How is it that you're able to move the way that you move? How is it that you're able to function the way that you function? How is it that you're able to smile? How is it that you're able to still be joyful and excited about life after all that has happened to you? You let them know about the mystery that is working in you. The joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. See, I received those gifts. I thank God for the gifts. And unlike some gifts that we get that we celebrate for about two weeks and then off in the corner they go. No, no. This gift right here stays on display 24-7. These gifts right here are gifts that remain front and center because I want the world to know that these gifts right here, my Jesus gave them to me. I'm proud of these gifts. You know how it is when your babies graduate from college, cum laude, and they get all of these accolades. Oh, you're proud of them and you want the world to know. It's the way you ought to be about these gifts. It's the way you ought to be about Jesus, the gift giver. I want the world to know that that's my savior. I want the world to know that he's my king, he's my Lord, he's my everything. So what John is trying to bring us to understand, or James is trying to get us to understand is that through the trials, through the struggles, through the temptations and and, and, and all of the stuff, never allow that stuff to jeopardize your love. Because when you allow it to jeopardize your love, you are basically putting yourself in the position to turn the other way. 
You are basically putting yourself in the line of fire. And it's bad enough that you could be in church and doing everything right and be under attack at the same time. But it's a whole other another to be outside of the church and be under attack by the enemy. That's a whole other another. So I figure if he's going to come for me, since he is coming for you, I'd rather for him to come for me while I'm in the faith. I'd rather for him to come for me when I'm in a place where I have an arsenal, where I have some prayer warriors, where I have the ability to pray my way through this thing so that when Jesus comes, I'll be able to be with him. This is the gift that Jesus is encouraging us to take hold of. Because Jesus himself said that anyone who has seen him has seen the Father. This is the gift. If you see me, you see the Father. The Father's words were spoken from Jesus' lips. The Father's mercy and compassion was seen in Jesus' action. The Father's abundant provision was, was demonstrated through Jesus' generosity. The Father's great power and love were revealed to us through Jesus. Jesus is the perfect gift and the perfect reflection of the one who gave him to us. Jesus is that perfect gift giver. The Bible goes on to say, I'm finishing up here. That Jesus is the perfect gift because God gave him with knowledge of our needs. God knew we needed a savior. God knew we needed a deliverer, a redeemer, a healer, and a friend. We needed someone who was fully God and fully man. And only Jesus could meet those needs. Only Jesus could do that. Being fully God enabled Jesus to carry our sins. His deity enabled him to be the sacrifice who would bear the sins of the world along with the penalties of sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. But being fully man, it allowed him to identify with what we are going through. So he's fully God. Fully man. Jesus became our substitute. The third is the gift of Jesus holds its value for all eternity. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. John 3.16 says it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us this gift. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave us this gift and gave us and he keeps giving and he keeps giving. And thousands of years later, God through Jesus is still giving. It's still giving. And he's here today to continue to give. He's here to give it to you right now. 
He said, I know. I understand. You've been through some things. And I know it seems as if life is just not fair. But God says, I understand. I realize that I know it's not fair. It's not supposed to be. Who said it was supposed to be fair? What, did you, what book did you read that in? Where did you get that from? I'll tell you where you got it from. You got it from the evil one. You got it from Satan himself. To get you to believe that you being here is a privilege. That you being here is a right. That you being here is supposed to happen. That God ought to be glad that I gave my life. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Why me, God? Why not you? Why not? You're not worthy to bear that cross? You, you, you better than that? You're too important to bear the cross? Oh, oh, you got the promotion that God gave you now. That means that you are in upper class now. Oh, oh, your tax bracket changed. Oh, so, so, so you make X amount. So you're not, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. That don't belong. That belong to something. No, 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 no. That belong to you. And what belongs to you will come to you. Because in God, there is no respect of person. From the front to the back. From left to right. Nobody. And I mean nobody. Is exempt. So what do you want? What do you want? Everything you need is right here. God is saying everything you need is right here. What are you looking for? What are you waiting on to happen? You waiting for a right month? A right year? What are you waiting on? A right invitation? A right sacrifice? What are you waiting on? Today is the day for salvation. Today is the day for your deliverance. What are you waiting on? What are you wanting to happen? You want the confetti to fall from the ceiling? You want the balloons to, to be released like in the Grammys? What are you waiting on? Jesus simply said, whosoever will, let him come. This isn't popular. My wife and I, we still talk about COVID. And how COVID has come along and shifted the game. And I've said it before and I'm going to 
I'm going to say it again that I believe what happened with COVID is simply revealed some things. It simply showed you who you really are. I don't go back to church anymore. It's easy for me to stay at home and watch it on YouTube. That just speaks to where you are and where you've always been for something to come along and keep you from the church. The shutdown keep you from the church. So I guess if my wife walks out on me, leaves and goes to Las Vegas somewhere and just, and just enjoy all of her time there and then decides to come back home, I guess I'm not supposed to be there waiting on her. I'm supposed to just pack it up You've been gone to Las Vegas. I've got comfortable now being in this house by myself. I've learned how to cook all over again. I'm washing my clothes now. I'm, I'm good. Just gone back to Las Vegas and just, we just keep in touch that way. I show up every now and again. I don't know, fellas, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you will, it will go down that way. Most of us in here, we would beg and plead. What's the song? With the symphony or something like that? Come on back home. Come on back home. Come on back home, baby. Come on back home. Jesus is saying, come on back home. Come on back home. I get it. I understand. But I'm here. And I need you here with me. Come on back home. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. The choir to come on up. As we transition over to our communion. I'm going to ask if my elders and deacons and deaconess if you can meet me in the back. Come on back home. Come on back home. No more to roam. Come on back home. Because every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Yes, sir. Come on back home.
first in one, two, amen. Amen, one, two, amen. closing ministry the Bible says that he took a cup a basin put water in it began to wash the disciples feet which is a, a practice that we normally do but of course since COVID we hadn't participated in that part of the service maybe one day we'll get back to that very humbling experience I remember the first time I washed another man's feet it was in church yeah. it was very different grabbing hold of another man's toes <laughs> and washing them very humbling yeah. I, know, yeah. I don't know elder how the ladies yeah. did things when they maybe, maybe that was okay but if some of you brothers like me, it was different washing another man's toes. <laughs> but Jesus, just out of the blue, Sister Robinson, just jumped up from the table. The Bible says he just started washing the disciples' feet which is merely a sign of humility. I mean, if you're able to do that, my Lord. And so maybe one day we'll get back to that. But, but for now, we're going to partake of the emblem, the bread, and the wine. This is something that we do on the regular. This is something that the Bible tells us that we ought to do each time we do this that we do it in remembrance of him. So what we want to do today, we want to bless the table. We're going to invite God's presence to transform these emblems. Transform them from an everyday common use to spiritual, to a more holy use. That there will be meaning in what we're doing here and not just something that we do 
once a quarter. But we do this to remember what Jesus had done for us. His death, his burial, his sacrifice, his resurrection. So bow with me if you will as we offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, as we pray over this table, as we pray over the emblems, the washing of the hands symbolizing being pure, the breaking of the bread, which is your body that was broken for us, the cup or the wine or the juice, which is your blood that was shed for me for us so father as we pray over these items we ask you God to do what you do transform this table transform this space from a common use to a spiritual and more holy use this we pray in Jesus name amen and amen again invite my elders to come. You're going to do it up there. I'm going to have the reading of the bread by Elder Wellington and then we have the prayer by Elder McCoy. Receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. sacrifice and now God we want to say thank you so as we partake oh God let remind us that we too present our bodies back to you as a living sacrifice that someone we know someone will know that Jesus is here in the flesh and spirit with us as we are being transformed by you this is our prayer in Jesus name
serving we will now have the reading of the cup by elder elder harris and he took the cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank of it and he said to them this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many I say I will not drink it again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. God, one more time, thank you for reminding us that without the shedding of your blood, there was no remissions of sin. So, Lord, we ask that you will heavenly transfer this juice as a reminder of that we are being purified by your blood. So, as we partake, God, we ask that you will remind us of your loving gift. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Has there been anyone overlooked? Anyone in the back? One? For I received unto the Lord which was given unto me. And on the night when Christ was crucified, he took the bread out. The Bible said he took bread and he broke it. He blessed it. top. If you're not careful, you'll open up the whole thing. But the thin layer on top is the wafer. The Bible said he took it, he broke it, he partook. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Likewise, he took the cup. He drank. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says they left rejoicing. Yeah. I think we may leave rejoicing now. <laughs> Anybody feel like rejoicing? Oh, yeah. At this time, we want to have a deacon by the door where we ask that you will want to leave an offering for the poor, you can drop it in the, ba in the basket with one of our deacons. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, you are so amazing. Oh, yeah. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, Hallelujah. but with you, we're more than conquerors. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, yeah. and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I ask if everyone could remain seated as the deaconess come now and cover the table.
Let it rise. 